Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right, my friends. You are listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email, as always, well, ever since we changed it, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Actually, I got to tell you, we don't have that, uh, the video stream to the program today, and I apologize. Um, it's a technical, just a technical thing that... Um, here internally so anyway welcome to the program it is good to be here thank you so much for for joining us so we've got the bill that's now uh, the the covid relief bill which is now passing it's going to pass uh, the senate in fact they've gone through some procedures and kamala harris last night or sometime yesterday cast the tie-breaking vote in the u.s senate which again which again only serves to confirm the truth that sarah palin was correct back in 2008 saying that the vice president would serve as president of the senate remember she took flack over that that was a an unsophisticated answer as though it was not true or some such thing anyway kamala harris has cast the the tie-breaking vote, and now this goes. Um, th- this is going to pass the Senate. They're going to probably the Senate bill, just because of the the tightness in the Senate, the fifty-fifty split plus the Kamala Harris tiebreaker. This thing's probably going to go uh, end up being passed as what we see in uh, come out of the Senate. So that's that's happening. And pause, by the way. Am I? And I, I guess I should ask Oz here. I th- am I am I wrong in thinking that this COVID relief bill actually has more money per person if it's at fourteen hundred than the first one? Wasn't the first one twelve hundred dollars per person? Does that seem? I believe I read that, and that seems to jibe with my with my memory, which seems which seems not to make sense at this point, right? I mean, the COVID relief package that would have passed a year ago, or whatever that was, sometime roughly a year ago. Um, seems to be much more, uh, as far just from a logical perspective, a common sense perspective, where you could say you could make the case of which was was more necessary. I mean, we've come a long, long way in our dealings with this virus. We've got states now eliminating, you know, barriers for businesses and so forth. Not all of them, not all of them, of course, are doing that, but. Anyway, this if this passes, it's going to be $1,400 per person, including children. I believe now that they've included adult dependents as, as well. They have narrowed the income gap as to who qualifies, um, making the, the upper – basically the stop point as to who gets these checks um, lower than they have been in the past. Anyway, so that's working itself itself through – through Congress, that seems to be the, I guess, the primary focus 
uh, in, in Washington, D.C. at this point. But there's other things happening as well, and there's a few things I want to get to today. One is something that I wanted to talk about yesterday, and it kind of fits with what we were what we were speaking about um, as it pertains. We talked a little bit yesterday about this this infatuation that we have with uh, just not well the left and the media has with talking about about race and making everything about race, even to the point to where now the what some department of is it not, not education, but some health department or something in, in Arizona has now posted information that says that your three month old before that before your pride and joy can walk or talk or sit up on his or her own crawl roll over i don't know exactly when all these things are done but basically they're saying that your child is already picking friends or whatever making choices based upon the color of of skin had they have they ever stopped to think ugh, i mean when a baby's that little, when a baby's that small, maybe, just maybe a baby, if this is even true, which I'm, <laughs> I'm not suggesting that I think babies are racist, but is, is one possible explanation for whatever they saw simply that they're comfortable with people that remind them of the, the people that they've trust the most? If, I mean, you know, I, I just, it's just bizarre to me if you're a, a black child that's raised by black parents and those those parents are coming in and hugging you and kissing you and feeding you and taking care of you and then some white guy walks in is it possible just maybe maybe they're not just racist if they don't warm up to the white person maybe it's just hey i've just uh, i've come to associate some level of comfort over here if that's even true i'm just saying are there not alternate explanations for these things but anyway so we've got that yesterday. Now I want to get to this too. I didn't have time yesterday. Headline here, MSNBC's Joy Reid, who by the way never disappoints me. Never disappoints me for saying some of the most ridiculous, absurd, insane things that give me, um, I mean, sometimes pretty strong belly laughs here. But this is what she tweeted. She tweeted out, recently and along the same the same lines of, of racism and so forth i'm going to read you this tweet i'm looking at a fox news article here it says this i'll say it again so she said this before so she said it well presumably she thought about it then she said it the first time i'm not sure i never know with leftists if they think about it to begin with but she said it the first time then she took some time to say it again, and presumably based upon this tweet, she's thought about this or said this multiple times because she says, I'll say it again. What the world? There we go. She says, people on the right. Now, just listen to this. This is this may be the dumbest tweet I have heard in a long time, and that's saying a lot because Twitter is full of dumb tweets. I'll say it again, Joy Reid says, people on the right – Presumably those of you listening, the vast majority of you listening to my voice this morning, those of you on the right would trade, oh my gosh, would trade all the tax cuts, all of them, all tax cuts, for the ability to openly say the N-word. Yeah, I, 
You should have seen Oz's reaction. She's got the head cocked to the side. Like, you've got to be kidding me. She said that. Yeah, she did say it. Well, she tweeted it. I don't know if she verbally said it. But she says she said it again. She has a television program. I can only presume that she said this idiocy on the program as well. (laughs) They would trade. You would trade. You would trade. People. She didn't say some people. She didn't say a couple of people. Most people. She just said people. So if you're on the political right, she she thinks that you would trade all the tax cuts for the ability to say the the to openly say the n word like quote the good old days like you could in the good old days to them this is you this is me according to Joy Reid not being able to openly racist not being able to be openly racist and discriminatory without consequence is oppression. Trump is the avatar for this freedom. What in the world? This passes on MSNBC as legitimate political commentary. I'm sure they've got some highbrow professors sitting over there, and we got some news about professors as well. I'm sure we've got some professor stroking his or her. Well, I'm envisioning a guy stroking his beard and, and taking these comments seriously. Yeah, yeah, she's right. To the right. Not being able to be openly racist and discriminatory without consequences is oppression. So you're being oppressed if the government says you can't uh, be racist and discriminate against black people who you want to call, apparently, bad names. And Trump is the avatar. Trump is the representative. Trump is the icon, the symbol of this freedom. (laughs) Oh my gosh, this genuinely, I I don't even know what to say to this at some point. This is stupid is what this is. This, this doesn't even qualify as a, as a political take. So you would rather, you would rather, first of all, she assumes that all of us want to say the N word like the good old days openly, but pause by the way. Um, does joy not think that true racist people still don't do this? Is there a law that prevents this? I I, I just I, that's my first question. My next question is why why would folks trade tax cuts for the ability to say this? Why would you trade money in your pocket for the ability to be racist? It is it is so. I don't get offended, folks. This is her problem, not mine. This is her problem, not yours. Um, th- this is, and I'm talking to the, the people listening to my voice. You are good, decent, wholesome. You're the salt of the earth kind of people. This does not describe you any more than any of the other stupid things these morons have to say. But she is saying that you would rather, you would rather give back, take my money back. Take my money back, Washington, D.C. I just want to be able to openly say racial slurs. I can't even say this with remotely close to a straight face. What on earth is she talking about? By the way, when I was in school, see see this this last part of the tweet here says this. It says, to them, which she's talking to you, to me, to conservatives, this is how she views us. It's absolutely completely wrong. She's, ap- she's actually dis- describing people like Robert Byrd of West Virginia, who was a leader of the Klan, who, by the way, was a leader in the Democrat Party. Buddies with Bill Clinton. I mean, they, they still, we, we had this this old, whole discussion 
uh, with, with budget reconciliation with the Senate. The, the amendment, the rule, I should say, called the Bird Rule, named after him, which, by the way, where is the, the energy, where is the demands by the Democrats in the Senate that we rename this, this rule? This was the rule that said effectively, as interpreted by the parliamentarian, that you cannot use you cannot use budget reconciliation for putting the minimum wage into this this law. You can't do that. It has to be handled separately. I mean, they could have they missed an opportunity in my estimation. They could have been they could have said that the minimum wage, not putting the minimum wage in this was actually racist because the rule that prevented it from being included in this bill, in this COVID relief bill, was named after a senator who they would leave out that was a Democrat, but named after a senator who was quite literally one of the top leaders, literally one of the top leaders. I forget the name of the uh, position because I don't really you know, care about those idiots in that organization, but there's some title that they have. Some silly title, to be quite honest, and he—that's what he was. That's what he was. Democrat. Half the state of West Virginia is named after him. It's, I'm surprised it's not West uh, West Bird, Virginia, or some such thing. But anyhow, she's she's on here. Back to Joy Reid. She's on here saying that to you and me, we're not truly free if we can't oppress people. Now, this is how the left thinks. Let me pause and say that. That's, that's a stupid thing to say about conservatives, but this is how the left thinks. I know when I was in school and I was doing political science and courses along those lines, I remember one of the discussions we would often have was discussions about freedom. And the left would often talk about negative freedoms. And, and the Constitution, they would say, the Bill of Rights basically protects our freedoms to to do certain things, to live basically as God created us to live. It's the left who would say things like, I can't truly be free unless I have more money, and so the government should give me, you know, basically write amendments or put into its founding principles these ideas that says that say I'm free to have a universal basic income, which is also something that's in the news today, which I want to get to. They're the ones that think like this. They're the ones that think that think that you're not free if someone else isn't forced to do something or provide something for you. But this is a stupid tweet. One more twi- one more time I'll read this. Joy Reed, host of Morning Joy, tweeted this out a couple of days ago. I'll say it again, people on the right would trade all the tax cuts for the ability to openly say the N-word like in the good old days in quotations. To them, not being able to be openly racist and discriminatory without consequences is oppression. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This says more about them than it could ever say about you or me. Last line here is Trump is the avatar for this, quote, freedom. Quick timeout is in order. Thank you for enlightening us, Joy Reid. That is so profound and so fantastic. It is entertaining. I will say that. Absolutely insane and stupid, but it is entertaining. Quick timeout is in order. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute.
Welcome back. Here's another story for you. What did you do? I, I took, I forgot, I didn't realize this was in choir. This, in this next story I get to, I just saw teacher the first time. This is on theblaze.com. Headline, sixth grade choir teacher. That's right. Choir teacher separates kids into privileged and targeted groups in lesson on oppression. I don't know what year we took choir. I remember taking choir. I think it was junior high when I had it. I don't remember this part of the lesson. I don't remember. I I don't remember at my school um, the need during choir class to be taught about privileged and targeted groups and talking about oppression. Middle school teacher, a choir teacher in Minnesota, recently taught a class full of sixth graders. We have a sixth grader about various types of oppression by separating students into privileged and targeted categories during which or during what the school called a social emotional lesson. The revelation is just the latest example of educators and administrators force feeding critical race theory and progressive political ideology to young, impressionable students, often while the social engineering campaign goes completely unnoticed by parents. Is this stuff happening at your school? I don't know. Where your kids, your grandkids go to school? I don't know. I mean, chances are somewhere in that building, I think, is a resounding absolute yes. But nonetheless, there are some really good teachers. There are some really radical teachers who wake up every morning and they think it's their job to right the wrongs of a racist or whatever it is. Racism is just what we've been talking about here today. But it, it can be other things as well, saving the planet uh, from your, your child um, and the dangers that he or she poses um, with, with climate change. Some, some radical teachers encouraging students not to get married, have a family, because that, of course, is going to destroy our planet. Because a lot of folks in the radical left, they look at a child. I know this sounds made up to you, but I'm telling you it is true. And I'm talking about the radicals. I'm not talking about your rank-and-file Democrat. Your rank-and-file Democrat looks over at this and says, what in the world is this person talking about? But the radical left, they actually believe that your children, my children, any any child, any human, any human is a – first – well, there's two things that they look at. They look at this person is a polluter contributing to climate change because they are exhaling carbon – not making this up. There are folks who really believe that. Number two, now because of – one year of living under the uh, under or with or under COVID, they look at p- people as uh, nothing more than carriers of germs and disease. Whatever happened to just looking at people like people, right? I mean, to me, this—if we could just do this, right? I mean, follow say the the golden rule: love others as you love yourself, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love. Others, love your neighbor as yourself. My goodness, we would make some, certainly make some headway here. Anyway, sixth grade teacher separating groups, uh, students into different groups to teach them a lesson on oppression. And just makes, what is the lesson? What do you, what's the lesson? I mean, is it, is it to understand how groups have been, you know, legitimately targeted throughout history? And that's one thing, but is it, is it the new age or the, uh, the, the latest liberal talking point or narrative that says that 
we're un, un aware of our bias, unaware of how much we target certain groups? Is it this in, uh, insatiable desire to talk about white privilege? Is it designed to get students to apologize for their whiteness, those that are white, to apologize to those who are not white? Is this what we want? Is this is this fair? Is this justice? Is this reasonable? This is insanity. And this stuff has to be this stuff has to be completely completely stopped. So there's that as well out there. There's something else here. What's the other one I wanna I wanted to jump in on a little bit here? Okay, here here's here's another story that goes along with this. So you know the report's been released about uh, the Khashoggi death and the ties to uh, the death of Khashoggi a couple of years ago uh, with the Saudi Arabia, right? So this is uh, a headline in Fox News. I just want to – or Fox Business, I should say. Citigroup has no plans. That's the bank. Citigroup has no plans to alter its longstanding business ties with the Saudi royal family amid new government reports that its crown prince, Mohammed bin Salman – was involved in the 2018 murder of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. So, so Citigroup – they they they've seen the reports, the government reports that say that Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman was involved in the murder, 2018 murder of the journalist Jamal Khashoggi. Remember how much the media attacked even Trump for this back in, in at that time. So Citigroup says they have no, there's no plans to alter the business ties with the royal family. Right when you hear Saudi royal family, think lots of money, think so much money. They don't even know what to do with it. Think Kardashians times, you know, a million or something. I mean, think think crazy wealth, stupid wealth. Anyway, so they that's the decision they made regarding the royal family. Now, also headline here in Bloomberg from a couple of months ago in the days following the uh, riots, I guess, the whatever you call it on the Capitol Hill uh, when the Capitol was stormed. Headline here, Goldman, J.P. Morgan, City, Morgan Stanley, pause political contributions. So in the wake, this is four days after the January 6th riots, the Citibank made this statement. This was Candy Wolf, City's head of global government affairs. This was a memo that went out to employees she says this, we want you to be assured that we will not support candidates who do not respect the rule of law. So the political ramifications here, so that basically they paused, they paused all political contributions because they did not want to give money to a candidate or, a, or a, an act sitting senator or representative who challenged the electors from certain states. Right, because that in the mind of city did not respect the rule of law. That did not respect the rule of law if a senator did that. Of course, it's totally within the purview of being a U.S. senator, completely constitutional, maybe not justified, maybe it is, but it's something that can be done. That's the whole point of having political debate and conversations and activities in, in the U.S. Senate and so forth. But anyway, they stopped giving money 
because of that. Yet, apparently they're cool, I guess, with the Khashoggi. They're not bothered. Khashoggi, the, the ties to the, the royal family doesn't matter because that's a different scenario. It's like the NBA, and we'll talk about this after the break. We'll talk about this after the break. The NBA in China. NBA in China. It's amazing. It's amazing how these organizations, these companies, these whatever, NBA, Citibank, whoever, they want to be uh, on the woke side of the U.S. political conversation and debate. But yet real atrocities happen worldwide, like, say, Khashoggi and his his death. They're not going to change any business practices. Let's let the Chinese send... Uh, Groups of individuals who have certain religious beliefs to concentration camps, they couldn't care less. NBA still acting as though everything's hunky-dory apple pie in in China. So, but there's another story that's developed, and it was written about in uh, at Outkick.com, which is a, I like those guys at Outkick. But anyway, we'll get to that after the break. So you're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. Just kind of doing a cultural uh, run-through today of some of the things in the news, hitting some high points illustrating the absurdity of some of the stupid things that we're uh, being subjected to here as Americans and people are being told that these things are reasonable, rational, logical, when in fact they are nothing but completely insane. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back. So, before the break, I alluded to something happening uh, with, well, with the NBA, which, by the way, I want to say here, I want to say here at the beginning of this segment that this program is brought to you in part by our friends at Smalling Masonry. Smalling Masonry, Gary actually came out and cleaned our, our chimney and actually helped us with our wood-burning stove, taught me some things. I didn't know. I'd never had a wood-burning stove before. Taught us how to use it more efficiently, and it made a lot of difference this winter. Gary did a great job. They're sponsors of this program, and you know if this is something that you and your family have a need of, chimney, chimney sweeps or something related to, to the chimney, I encourage you to give our friends at Smalling Masonry an opportunity to earn your business. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. Gary and his team are great. 317-903-8121. 317-903-8121. Okay, so let's get back to the NBA situation here. <clears throat> NBA, you'll remember, um, doesn't have any problems pulling what games and threatening, say, the state of North Carolina um, over its bathroom. Remember this, the bathroom policy thing? In fact, I'm going to read this. This is uh, on Outkick.com. Chinese, so I'm working, comparing and contrasting, or uh, the author is here, comparing and contrasting how China is viewed by the NBA versus how domestic U.S. politics are viewed and how strong and tough and woke the NBA is, but yet they're not willing to make any political statement whatsoever when it comes to China. Turns out you don't want to stand against the communist. Turn, you know, it's it's obvious, but none, these are again the, the same, the same ideas. 
The same sorts of ideology that's pushed by the left and the woke culture is the same ideology that fuels the the Communist Party, but they don't seem to care or understand how these things turn into totalitarian, just evil regimes. But nonetheless, headline here, Chinese court rules homosexuality can be considered a mental disorder. Will NBA respond? That's the headline. Sam Amico writes this, no, American Sports League has profited more from its business relationship with China than the NBA, and the NBA has been known to take some serious social justice and political stands in the United States. So it will be interesting to see, wink, wink, if the league will take a stand against its biggest business partner now that a Chinese court has ruled a favor of widely, of a widely circular, or in favor of a widely circulated Chinese textbook that describes homosexuality as a psychological disorder. Remember, he writes, the NBA is the same organization that once pulled its all-star game out of Charlotte after a North Carolina law banned transgender people from using bathrooms in accordance with their gender identities. Now, will the league speak out about the Chinese court ruling that states referring to homosexuality as a mental disorder is A-OK? Will it put preseason games out of China? Stop accepting money from Chinese merchandise sales. Vehemently speak out about the communist nation's decision to promote materials that are clearly anti-LGBT. Perhaps the bigger question is, will members of the NBA media even bother to ask? Probably not. And then he lists here um, how they constantly seek the opinions of folks like LeBron James and Steve Kerr, coach of the Golden State Warriors, or Greg Popovich, who I used to love. But this guy is nutty. He, by the way, is from Northwest Indiana. Just a side note. But anyway, in fact, even it says here in this article, even Tuesday, he bashed Governor Abbott's decision to drop the state's mask mandate. So that's all cool. NBA platforms, press conferences to bash Republicans, conservatives, whatever. That's cool. But when it comes to bashing China, you ain't going to find it, folks. You're not going to find that. You're not going to find that at all. He continues here, and I'm going to stop at this point and take a break, but he says this, of course, homosexuality being called a mental disorder is the least of China's social justice atrocities. Given the Xinjiang internment camps, uh, which are rife with human rights abuses, mistreatment, rape, and torture of Muslims, some have even alleged genocide of these minorities. Where is the NBA? See, if you're truly it's, – it's amazing – you just have to pause and ask yourself, are people this ignorant as far as, it, you know, d- does the NBA not know about this? Is this just below the radar because it's not reported on by the folks at CNN, MSNBC, and the like? Or is something else at play here? Which, if it's not being reported on by MSNBC, CNN, and all those other jokers, fake news, as Trump would say, then why, why not? Do these things not matter? Do these things not matter at all? They'd rather be focused on telling us that our three-month-old children are racist than actually talking about these atrocities that happened in China. Why don't they talk about them? But it seems to me that there's something else going on here, right? It seems to me, it seems to me that they're less concerned about really fighting for justice and they're more concerned about being on the right side of a political issue or the right side of politics with the, I guess, the in crowd, with the people 
who have political power and sway in this country. They're more concerned about being woke and selling goods and services and so forth to the woke crowd than they are with true justice. If they were, they would be outraged by what we see happening in China, especially how they've treated groups of people, even calls of genocide. I remember a video um, that I saw a couple of months ago, people from Hong Kong being bused out of Hong Kong into China to re-education camps. Now, the thing is, maybe the left doesn't have a problem with this because the the left's actually been out there arguing for re-education camps for people like you and me. We need to be re-educated. We're the problems in the world, according to the radical left. These folks are insane. Everything they touch truly turns to hell, folks. I mean, it is just, it is despicable and disgusting. that This, the radical left is godless and completely without any morals or decency. The radical left. Hear me say that. I'm not talking about um, the Democrat Party and Democrats rank and file. I'm talking specifically about that wing of the party that is the, truly, the atheistic and radically full of rabid hate and disdain for all sort of order and all things that are decent and good. Those folks, everything they touch, their fingerprints are all over it, turns turns into a hellish set of circumstances. So, quick timeout. Plenty of more to get to here after the break. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. I don't know if the program feels a little bit different to you today, but it does to me. It's a Friday, and I don't know. I just kind of wanted to do a a lot of the stuff I was reading had some kind of general cultural overviews, and I wanted to kind of do a, I guess, just a quick kind of run through on on those things. This is one that's kind of cultural, but it still has political context as well. This is the uh, CBS This Morning, one of the folks at the desks, a desk with Gail King, I think is who this is. It, it's not her that's speaking. It's, it's this guy at the desk. I don't know who it is. Universal basic income. You know about this concept. Let's just give This was Andrew Yang's thing, right? This, he, he wanted you to know that he was good at math. And this is apparently, this is going to radically transform society. Just give people money. Just give them money, no strings attached. Do with it what you will. I want you to listen to this report on CBS this morning and listen to the giddiness about this concept of universal basic income. Here it is. I'm very excited to talk about what would happen very if excited. you gave people $500 a month with no strings attached. It's an idea known as the guaranteed basic income. And you might assume, hey, that's free money. People are going to waste it. They're going to work less. They're going to be lazy. But Stockton, California has actually tested this idea. Since 2019, 125 residents there have been getting $500 per month on a special debit card. And here are the results out just this morning. People did not waste the money. In fact, they used it for necessities. Mm -hmm. Less than 1% went to alcohol or tobacco. Number two, people actually worked more when they were getting this money. Full employment increased by 12 percentage points, and unemployment fell by 4 percentage points. And you may not be surprised to learn people were less anxious, (laughs) less depressed, 
and less fatigued mm. overall. This has the potential to radically change yeah. the way we think yeah. of social assistance. Yeah. I'm a little surprised. Yeah. A little I think it really surprised yeah. a lot of people. This is not even something on the table right. uh, in the business community for a long time. And obviously it came up in the last election and, yeah. it's, and it's been tested. I think if people want to see it tested on a broader scale, but it's really interesting what you're seeing here. Yeah, right. new federal program for Biden. So what is this stupid talk? Do, they, do folks, so they really want you to believe that giving people $500 a month increases full-time employment. That's what he said. People work more. Oh, yeah. Give them 500 Do they not understand that there are some things that you can find in data that are not correlated? Does this uh, – do these jokers believe that if you give people more money that they're going to work more and have unemployment levels going to drop, that those things are correlated? Why don't we give people $50,000 a month? Will, the, will we then have a negative – Unemployment rate? I mean, that's the way that these jokers think. Absolutely insane and ridiculous. But they're happy about it. Liberalism has an opportunity to be forced down the throats of the American people with where we stand today, and they are giddy. Timeout is in order. Come back and wrap up. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back in a minute. Welcome back, my friends. Wrapping up here, a busy, busy, busy week. Lots of stuff happening. We're just uh, not even quite two months in to the Biden, the reign of Joe Biden, the reign of Joe Biden. And did you see, I don't have time to play the soundbite, but the other day Biden was uh, doing something at the White House, something streaming over video, and he concluded his remarks by saying, I guess I can take some questions right now and looked kind of at his... PR person, I guess, and they cut <laughs> they cut the video. Right? Heck, no, we don't want this guy taking questions. So, anyway, never ceases to entertain me. But, folks, I will tell you, I still believe in the conservative principles. I believe that we can move the needle a lot. I think people are awakened to the problems in this nation. And I think there's never been a better time to convince them to the truths of constitutional conservatism. So, I've got to go. Thanks so much for listening. S D G C Monday. Take care. 